everybody. Welcome to your favorite Spider-Man Bronze Age podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today we're going to be reading some uh, Spider-Man comics of uh, from March of 1984. That's right. And we have a recurring guest host in the form of G.I. Jolie. Oh, hello, everybody. That's right. And uh, G.I. Jolie has been working hard behind the scenes, uh, booking um, some really interesting guests coming up. So stay tuned because we've got some really cool people that you might actually be more familiar with than you are familiar with us, believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, not quite the level of Tom Holland or Tobey Maguire, but, you know, more famous than we are. Andrew Garfield? Not quite. Not quite. Oh, okay. <sighs> yeah, I know. If, if you, if, you know, you got to shoot for the moon, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's Andrew Garfield. But anyway, okay. So this week we Aww. are reviewing um, Amazing Spider-Man 250, which is the middle part of the Hobgoblin trilogy, as it was called at the time. And I must say it's, it's kind of cool because, as everyone knows, uh, comic books like to celebrate uh, any numbered comic divisible by 100, also by 50. And sometimes when they're really pushing it, they'll celebrate comics divisible by 25, which is kind of lame, but whatever. So on this, on the cover of this issue, they've actually got a little, little blurb. It says, special normal size 250th issue. So I thought that was really cool. I also love that they say normal sized. It's right. the special yeah. normal size 250th issue. I love yeah. it. Don't worry, but we're making a big deal out of it. And... Just in case you weren't familiar with the Hobgoblin, he's evil because this comic is great. You should steal it. Yep. He's telling you in the corner. Awesome. Uh, behold the face of death. Behold Hobgoblin. We got to talk about this cover quickly. I think it's amazing. It's John Romita Jr. inked by um, Klaus Jansen. Uh, Josh, what do you think of this cover? It's so fun. Right. It's really, really great. Yeah. Yep, G.I. Yeah. Julie. Yeah, um, I think we talked about Klaus Jansen before. Um, that like, the the art wasn't as ex- it was painterly, but it wasn't as and stylistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't really work inside the comic. It really works on a cover, like yes. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like look at those flames. Look at them. Right. That's the thing is uh, there are some examples in here where. Because he doesn't really know anatomy, he kind of flattens out the figure a little bit and makes it a little bit wonky. But he is so good at texture and uh, like the, the 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 spotting the blacks and like you know we talked about just the fire and everything. It just looks amazing. Like even if he didn't ink this, it would have been a good cover. But he really makes it pop. And so do the colors, right? The pop, the colors make it pop too. I think the heavy inking actually really works here too because you have the the fire behind them, so they're like right. backlit, so that mm-hmm. it's it they should be in heavy shadow. So that like sketchiness really kind of adds to the intensity of what's going on. Right, mm-hmm. right. So right. yeah, I really do like the cover. Yeah, yeah. And if this was recolored, or if it wasn't, the colorist really kind of knew what they were doing. If it, even if it was still them too, like um, everything mm. works so well together. Right, right. We should point out the colorist in this issue inside is, I don't know colorist, I'm sorry, but this is C. Scheel, who I've never heard of, but we should just give them credit because I'm assuming they also did the cover. But anyway, 
So we jump into this issue, picking up where we left off last time. If everyone remembers, we had that really cool scene where they got together, they gathered together all the heads of the the underworld in uh, New York, and basically Hobgoblin was threatening them. And so now we're kind of picking up where we left off. Spidey leaves the scene of the not the crime, but he leaves the scene. He was inside this private club with all these uh, like mafioso type people. But he was as, he was disguised as Spider Man. But he came in originally as Peter Parker. But he wasn't quite left let. They didn't let him in the door. So now he's sneaking back out to change to Peter Parker to go on rendezvous with J. Jonah Jameson, and that and as well as Harry Osborn. So he kind of goes back in and they're talking, and then him and Harry go for a coffee, and they're trying to figure out what's going on and comparing notes and stuff like that. And then we cut over to the Hobgoblin who has right away has found Spider-Man's spider tracer. Now, for those that don't know, usually Spider-Man uses his spider sense to detect the spider tracer, but Hobgoblin has used this, some type of gas that has, uh, I, I thought it was only when Hobgoblin was around, but I guess it's kind of permanently got rid of Spider-Man's spider spent sense. So he can't right, trace Right, it's kind of like damaged his nerves somehow. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so Hobgoblin finds it, and so he's like, you know, ha, 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 I'm on to him, whatever. And so basically, <laughs> we cut back and to Spider-Man sneaking into his apartment. We have like a funny scene with his uh, landlady, you know, sneaking into his, uh, uh, what's it called, his skylight above his bathroom. And he can't quite get in, so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to take off. And uh, wait, sorry, did I miss something? Did he? No, his spider sense doesn't go off here, does it? Yeah, it, it like weirdly goes off, and it hit his like. I right. think it was in this issue. It like yeah. weirdly comes back for a minute, and it's like super strong, and it like causes him almost to fall. Right, he catches right, himself, right. and he thinks maybe he's getting it back, but it's kind of slow. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So it then he's all later though, because he's okay. Sort of decided that he like that he's going to um, because in the last issue, Kingpin took his spider tracer and threw it and attached it to the hobgoblin and now he knows that he needs to somehow track the hobgoblin so right but he knows he can't do it without his spider sense so instead he's like well i'll just track down every one of those billionaires that was in that room right right to see so he- what like yeah he's like getting into like some batman style detective work this time Right. Yeah. So first he goes to kind of shake down this guy named George Vandergill or Vandergill. Doesn't really get anywhere with him. The guy tries to act tough, but it's it's clear at the end of the scene that he's actually scared because he's going to like leave the country. Mm-hmm. Then the very next scene, he ch- tries to shake down a certain Roderick Kingsley, who longtime Spidey fans will know is actually the Hobgoblin. But we don't know this and we didn't find that out until years later which we'll talk mm-hmm. about in few future episodes. But, oh, and by the way, I want to point out, Josh, I think it was last week or s- that you or someone else mentioned that Roderick Kingsley's twin was not introduced until years later, right? That's kind of like a, a fix. Right. But here he says, of all times for my brother to be out of town. If so, I ever needed him, yeah. Yeah, so huh. this is, so clearly, even maybe he wasn't introduced yet, but Roger Stern already had him in mind. Interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Very, it's just like I didn't, even, it's a I didn't really, even think about that. It's a really weirdly placed um, thought, right? Because up until now, I don't know if we knew anything about his, if anybody knew anything about his brother, and why would he be thinking about his brother? 
it's one of those things where like um you look back at um when you go back and read like we are right now and you notice that there's little clues being mm-hmm. dropped everywhere yep yeah and the only other place i've ever seen that is like in buffy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep but anyway, so, go on. So Spidey uses his spider, whatever this is called, signal light, which I wish they put in the movies because they never used it in the movies. But anyway, um, and then you know, Roderick Kingsley is. Yeah, oh, go ahead. I think they. I think they actually. It's weird. They put it in. Um, in Civil War. In oh really? The, like post credit scene, but then they never. He never uses it as like a thing. Right. Like when he, uh, I think. Uh, one of the post-credit scene or mid-credit scene, I think that uh, you find out that Tony gave him the suit. So when you we when we see him back at his house again, he like picks it up and it lights up and it shines on the ceiling. Right. Okay. Okay. And and then so I I thought that they were gonna use, but like they never actually use it. But I guess we also don't really see him like fighting like street level crimes in the movies. So right. 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 But. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so it's funny because Roderick Kingsley is really scared, but I can only assume that he's acting because he is the Hobgoblin, right? Right. So then, you know, they show a little montage of him shaking down other people, like a guy in a shower. <laughs> he pops in through someone's, uh, what's that called, fireplace. So that's kind of cool. But then, yeah, this is the moment where he, his spider sense, then all of a sudden, it just goes off so wildly that he almost like falls to the ground, like as he's swinging so that's kind of cool but we don't know what's going on then we cut over to J. Jonah Jameson and he's writing up a his confession for basically admitting that he funded the scorpion suit all the way back in like an early issue of Spider-Man like number nine or something and so him and Spidey have this little discussion and Spider-Man basically says to him that um you know don't worry about this you know you don't have to confess I'm going to take care of this you know um Forget about the martyr bit, Jameson. I'll find the hobgoblin creep. I don't know how, but I will. And I'll even save your job. If that doesn't prove I'm crazy, nothing will. And then when this is all over, maybe the two of us outlaws can come to terms. So it's hobgoblin that's blackmailing him. And so that's why J. Jonah Jameson is writing this um, confession. So then we get a really cool, classic Roger Stern scene where Peter Parker digs up or digs out this um, his original... Um, mechanical spider uh, spider tracer thingy that he had way back in Amazing Spider-Man number 11. And again, I love this stuff because there are writers like, um, geez, what's his name? I can't remember. Paul Jenkins, who has flat out said he does not read. He doesn't even bother reading the guy who's writing the comic like in the months leading up to Before when he takes, takes wow. over. Right. And now we've got Roger Stern who's using continuity to build on and, you know, you don't have to read that old story, but it's just nice because if you had read Spider-Man since number 11, you're like, oh, they're bringing back the spider tracer. Great, right. right? So he digs it up and he's like, I don't even know if this is going to work, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then we cut over to Hobgoblin, you know, with uh, with a microscope looking at the spider tracer. But then sure enough, Spidey tracks him down because it worked, right? And then we get another Hobgoblin-Spidey fight scene. And of course, it's awesome. Back and forth, back and forth. Um, uh you know, it goes on for a couple pages. It's all—it's good stuff as usual. It's well orchestrated by uh, Stern and Ramita, and then basically, um, it's a cool scene because then Spider-Man accidentally, 
I don't know if he causes it, but there's a fire that started and um, all of the Green Goblin's journals are on this table. And then Hobgoblin's expression changes. No, not the journals. And Spider-Man's like, the journals? He's like, the cannon set them afire. And I had many copies that blast you, blast you. Hey, don't throw that. And then boom, causes a huge explosion and the whole warehouse goes up. Then we cut over. Right. Actually, I think it was um, Hobgoblin's own like security cannons that start uh, firing yes, right, at Spider-Man right. and he jumps yes. out of the way. Right. right. So I, I kind of like that because it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Green Goblin. Right. Where, where he gets killed by his own Back in uh, one number 122 weapon, or whatever. Right? So, yeah, good Or point. by his own glider, I guess, yeah. So then, I, okay, I love this following sequence. Uh, we cut to a reaction shot of J. Jonah Jameson on the other side of the city. We see the smoke coming up from the explosion. His secretary comes in, and he's like, um, tell Joe Robertson there's some sort of fire in the warehouse di- district. Have him send a reporter over there right away. Uh, yes, sir, is that all? No. Take this down to composing. Have them set it for page one. So it shows that he's decided he's going to print his confession. And then the very last panel is just a silhouette of him standing at the window looking at the smoke billowing out of the warehouse. Like, oh, what a great ending, eh? I love this issue. I read it as a kid. It still holds up. I love it. I love it. Josh, what do you think? It's fantastic. Um, I I really like Spider-Man having to, like, really like Jolie was saying be a detective because of uh something that a villain has done to him like he's you right. know, hobgoblin has taken one of his senses away so he's got to use his wits to outsmart him and they're kind of like on the same level now with that mm-hmm. um hobgoblin and spider-man but the the interaction with spider-man and J. jonah jameson is so fun and yep. I think, like, my favorite, like, interaction, like, my favorite pieces of writing in all of the comics we've read so far on this podcast, yeah. it's so good. It's such a yep. fun back and forth. It, it, they hate each other, and they're an- they're bitter enemies, but they need each other as well. Like, mm-hmm. J. Jonah mm-hmm. Jameson needs Spider-Man to continue to uh, to write stories about him. And not only that, but to keep this uh, – um, to keep this – a story about the scorpion coming out and mm-hmm. uh like spider-man needs him because peter parker needs a job like it's just such a fun dynamic and mm-hmm. even though that they're like against each other they they need that to work I, it's just so yeah. fun like he knows that he needs um or he knows that he should just leave well enough alone J. jonah jameson is trying to like write his confession but he takes it he takes it and he goes, no, you don't need to do this because I will take care of it. And then you can get off my freaking spider back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it, it's hilarious. He uses it as leverage to mm-hmm. get him off his back. He's like, well, if I protect you, then you don't have to spill your secrets. Um, right. So I'm just going to go and do it. Like uh, then he just does it anyway. <laughs> Because he hates Spider-Man. Yep. Right. <laughs> and I'm, it's so I, good. And the thing is, is, you know, I think we uh, it was really a great point that Phil made last week where he was talking about how it seemed like uh, Marvel team-up was aimed at a younger audience. And I remember when, even reading this issue as a kid, I remember feeling like it, I feel like it felt more adult. It wasn't quite, quite Alan Moore Watchmen, 
but especially this ending just the way this thing ended i just felt like it was just so realistic and combined with the artwork it was just so gritty you know and oh just a great yeah. issue there were i think that in, in the last episode i think this was a comment that was made in the last episode as well was that like there's a lot of narration in the dialogue of what characters are doing and right. it happens here still but into a different degree like an almost more acceptable degree mm-hmm. um excuse me <laughs> um so yeah to an a more acceptable degree and um it like it, it works because spider-man is more or less trying to describe to you his feelings right so that you kind of like get underneath his costume too so you know where he is like so you feel right now he feels just as human as you um the only difference between me and you because he's been um sort of you know his spider sense is gone Mm -hmm. is that like he can shoot webs Mm -hmm. that's it Uh, um otherwise he's just human the whole time i was reading the page uh which is like digital 13 Mm -hmm. um the whole time i was reading that page i was like and he was complaining about um it's as if your own heartbeat is denied you it's like buddy you're still human use your brain like you're a genius level scientist use your brains and then when he goes into his closet and gets the tracker and i was like buddy you knew you had this tracker all along what Mm -hmm. the heck are you doing like (laughs) anyway like at first it bothered me but i didn't realize it was like a long forgotten piece of technology that like his spider trackers had adapted or um evolved over enough time that he didn't need to use this um, like very analog tracker anymore or the receiver I should say mm. um, but I mean doesn't everybody need like a plan B <laughs> it just reminds right. me of like I was quickly when I have a freaking old you, you know uh, external hard drive that has a weird USB connection that doesn't exist anymore and I have to dig through my bins of old wires that's what it reminded me of but anyway Josh what were you going to say <laughs> well I think the thing too is that like the, that tracker is not hooked up to the spider trackers he's currently using. Yeah. So he had to like adapt that tool to what right. he's doing now. So he didn't, he wouldn't have thought about it. It's not like, uh, you know, Oh, I, I have this universal remote control that I forgot about or like, yeah. you know, this MacGuffin, uh, tool that'll <laughs> help me, mm-hmm. you know, find hobgoblin. Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's 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 like this thing that he's got to, you know, he, this old tool that he can now upgrade or try to like, you know, uh, fix to to, right. to adapt to this new problem. Yeah, right. and he's like, "Here's where I test my science wits." Mm-hmm. And then the fact that okay, let's just talk about the fact that he's looking. The hobgoblin is looking at the spider tracker under a microscope, which means. Mm-hmm. Like, is this, like, nanotech? Like, is Peter Parker creating nanotechnology? Like, you should... This is a, a, this spider tracker isn't just something he soldered in his bedroom. You know what I mean? I mean, it is. But that's how smart he is. <laughs> yeah. Of, like, a like a inventor little genius um, mm-hmm. Peter Parker is. He made something so small that you have to look at it under a microscope. 
Well, that's and he's you, talking about it right here. Like he's like he's just as gifted as Norman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also it's, it's also worth noting that if you look at Mar- a lot of Marvel's characters, right? You've got Reed Richards, you've got Bruce Banner, Henry Pym, Tony Stark. They're all scientific geniuses, and I think that's a running theme in all of uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko's creations, right? Which I think is cool because they, you know, they were. Uh, you know, Stanley is an astute person, and you know, I mean, I'm, that's that's the going right back to uh, Superman. You know, these characters were created by they were created by well, to use Marshall Svalchin's terminology. They were created by nerds. They weren't created by jocks, right? Mm-hmm. And so, of course, they're going to champion being well read and well studied, right? So, I think that's really cool. But anyway, I think it makes them like back to what we were talking about last uh, episode with like how marvel heroes feel more um grounded in reality i think that really helps where where dc feels like the heroes feel more like gods right Um, Mm -hmm. like giving them that like superhuman uh ability of of like their wit and and kind of describing that as being like gifted in, in in the science and just being extremely smart i think it's so fun and like a, mm-hmm. again it just adds that you know another level of real world uh story that that is like built into the character that just makes them feel real right mm-hmm. and I'll, and also i, I, I want to point out uh a pet peeve of mine which is um the way Batman has been elevated to like a Chuck Norris meme level of invincibility in the past like 20 years, in the comics I mean. And I remember there was, an, there was a Justice League story where they were talking about some kind of new, I don't know what, it was a new jet or something that they had. And they were talking about all, it was a combination of different technologies. And they're like, oh, we got this technology from uh, Aquaman, this Atlantean technology. We got this Martian technology you know, for the, the drive system for Martian Miniature, and we got Kryptonian, and we got uh, Themyscirian, and then we got some really scary stuff from Bruce, you know? And I'm thinking, <laughs> really, Bruce Wayne can produce better technology than Paradise Island, uh, Atlantis, Mars, Krypton, what else, Thanagar? You know what I mean? Come on. And when, have, yeah. I, I know that Bruce is supposed to know everything, but come on. Like, really, he's not established as a scientist. So, anyway, right. just piss no. Yeah, it's like, oh, Bruce Banner knows magic? Yeah, come on. (laughs) Anyway, just a pet peeve of mine. But anyway, uh, again, we could talk about this comic for an hour, but unfortunately we have two other comics to talk about. Uh, So obviously I recommend this issue. Uh, G.I. Jolie, do you recommend it? Absolutely not. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Read it. Josh? Yeah, I I would go out of my way to recommend this issue yeah like it's it's very good yeah. stop his car yeah. in a four-way <laughs> exactly yeah just hand out copies okay next time you get into a road rage incident just hold up a copy of amazing spider-man 250 and tell right. the guy to read it and calm the heck down <laughs> i'll it's leave okay, it under somebody's uh, uh windshield wiper next time i see they're double parked and i'm parked yeah up. there you go <laughs> <laughs> it's okay everybody it's normal size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Oh, uh, anyway. Okay. So on to a piece of shit. Okay. Marvel team up. And this is yeah. Josh's turn. 
Tell us what uh, this one's about, Josh. So we have Marvel Team Up issue 139 with Spider-Man and Nick Fury. Uh, I <laughs> I had high hopes for this one. I really did. I, I don't know why. But, <laughs> uh, you know, because I, you're I, easily fooled. Uh, yeah, I, I I was kind of surprised with how the last few issues of Marvel Team Up had been readable. So I was mm. like, you know, maybe uh, maybe this one won't be so bad. And like Spider Man and Nick Fury, they seem like they would, you know be a good duo to to put together in a in a story and no no no, no. <laughs> this one uh this one's not so great no nope. uh so we start this issue off with this like weird splash page that is kind of like a flash forward yeah it's like a, it's almost like another co- comic book cover oh yeah in a weird in a weird way like we see um we see Spider-Man fighting with, uh, oh my, t- uh, what's his name? Not Titanium. What's his name? Uh, Dreadnought. Dreadnought. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So we see him Forkhead. fight like. Sorry, what's that? He calls him Forkhead a couple times. Forkhead, yeah, because he's got the yeah. weird like magnet That's, on his head. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I really don't like those lame nicknames. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, it's it's weird. We get this and it's kind of like introducing them almost like a boxing match, like he towers eight feet tall, he's twenty two hundred pounds. And then uh, you know, they then they there's a bubble above Spider Man, he's a mere five ten, hundred and sixty five pounds, like introducing them both, and then mm-hmm. you know, there's the title of the, the story, Everybody Loves Somebody Sometime. <laughs> So Spider-Man is late for this uh, shoot that he's got to do for the Daily Bugle. Uh, so he swings in and he uh, he's tasked to take pictures of this actress named Kate Winston. Um, she's come to New York to uh, promote her new and, and put on a new show. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. It, I'm not sure if she's in a musical or if this is like just a concert she's throwing, but it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. Right. Uh, so as Spidey's taking pictures, um, we see Forkhead uh, crash through the wall and uh, he's there to kidnap her. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker quickly changes into Spider-Man. I have no idea how he's done this so fast. Um, he's he like, leaves the room. He, he really does. Um, so, uh, but unfortunately, uh, uh, Dreadnought is able to cut the spider web, cut uh, mm-hmm. Peter's spider web, and uh, capture Kate Winston and get away. Uh, and he does throw a tracker on uh, Dreadnought, and mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. It's I guess it's a little confusing when this takes place because he has the like. Right, he already has tracker, which is good for continuity. It shows they're paying attention. But you're right; it also seems like is but it it's the like, next day. Is yeah, it, yeah, is this after what's happening with Hobgoblin? Like, anyways, I, I, I don't think it's really important because the no. story doesn't matter. No, because the story is <laughs> not important. Uh, so then we uh, we see Dum Dum Dugan driving Nick Fury home from I don't know where work. 
work, I guess. He's driving Nick Fury back to his, his apartment. They go in for a couple of cigars and some drinks, and uh, who's there waiting for him at the door but their old pal Dino Minnelli from uh, <laughs> he's a former Howling Commando and he's now a singer <laughs> um, yeah. awesome yep. yeah ridiculous uh, it's really wild um, so uh, he sits down and he talks to Nick Fury and Dum Dum Dugan and explains that he needs uh, he needs their help uh, and he kind of we jump to this like flashback and he tells his whole sob story about how he used to be a singer in these casinos and uh, he found this one casino in Vegas that wasn't run by the, uh, the Magia which is Marvel Comics version of the Mafia mm-hmm. um, and then it was bought out by Marcus Crusetti who's a member of the, the, the Magia so uh, Dino quits working for them and he uh, he builds his own casino with the help of his new secret fiance, who turns out to be Kate Winston. Um, and they're actually set to be married today, like right mm-hmm. after the show in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just happens to get kidnapped, or so we think. Um, and uh, we also know that Marcus Crissetti wants revenge. So he's asking Nick Fury to help uh, get Kate Winston back and stop Marcus Corsetti from whatever his evil plans are. Nick Fury pretty much says, nah, I'm not helping you. This isn't S.H.I.E.L.D.'s problem. We don't deal with shit like this. Uh, <laughs> he, Dino, Dino storms out and Nick Fury's like, I just wanted him out of here. He's going he's gonna to get in the way. Dum Dum, you stay here. I'm going to go do this by myself. Uh, and then we cut to Dum Dum, or so we we cut to Nick Fury, and he's at the uh, the apartment building of one of the lawyers who works for the Magia, and he uses this like this chip that he shoots from this gun to listen in on his conversation to figure out where their hideout is, uh, which mm-hmm. is really kind of a, actually a clever fun scene. Uh, then we cut over to uh, <laughs> J Jonah Jameson and Peter Parker. JJ is. Uh, yelling at him for not taking pictures of never uh, Kate Winston's. Sorry, was that? I said never seen that before. But anyway, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it's just, there's just so much that happens. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, everything is just crammed into this book. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Spider Man swings off. We, then we catch up with Nick Fury. He's talking to Dum Dum Dugan, saying, "I'm at the docks." Uh, I'm going in and going to go try to uh, uh, get Kate Winston back. And then this really weird moment happens that is just never talked about or brought up again. But we see Dum Dum Dugan talking to Nick Fury. And once they once he ends the call, somebody taps on his shoulder. And Dum Dum Dugan turns around and says, you, not you. Yeah, and, and then that's it. Like we don't see Dum Dum Dugan again. We never figure out who is there with Dum Dum Dugan. I'm not sure if this is like connecting into like a Nick Fury Agents of Shield comic. And I don't this even know story if story is going to be continued later. At this time, I don't know. I, yeah, I actually went to next issue to see if Dum Dum Dugan is going to be back in Marvel Team Up, and he's not. So it's not even like this is a setup for next week's issue. 
I, I'm again. I, maybe it is setting up a whole nother comic. Oh, I don't know. Story, but this ne- this never comes up again. I thought that Dum Dum Dugan was going to be kidnapped, and it was going to be another person they were going to have to save. But no. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, Nick Fury starts fighting Dreadnought, and uh, Spider Man ends up swinging by and coming in and helping. <laughs> Nick Fury says, "Don't worry about me. I have this covered." You go save Kate Winston, and I'll take care of this giant fucking robot. Mm-hmm. Immediate, <laughs> immediately, just gets taken down. Like Nick Fury <laughs> is not the one with superpowers. He's like, "Don't worry, I got this." The robot crashes through some boxes, knocks him on the head, and he just like electrocutes Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spider-Man drops into uh, the room where Kate is being held, and she smashes him over the head with a bottle, and Spider-Man wakes up, and him and Nick Fury are being tied up and held captive, and it turns out that Kate Winston has been working with the Magia and Marcus Crosetti to frame Dino and take all of his money. Uh-huh. Uh, <clears throat> Dino ends up running in... And it's enough of a distraction where Spider-Man is able to break the chains that are binding him. And uh, they start fighting uh, the the Magia and this giant robot again. Nick Fury says, I have this tool that will just destroy the Dreadnought. So just, uh, it's like this explosive collar. I don't know why this collar needs to be attached to Dreadnought for uh, for it to explode. Because Nick Fury has to shoot it anyways. So it's just a it's just an explosive, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spider Man is able to attach this to Dreadnought's face. Nick Fury <laughs> shoots him, and they destroy the robot. And Nick Fury, like while Spider Man is tackling and wrestling with this robot, Nick Fury was able to take out the rest of the Magia. Um, so once all the bad guys have been defeated, Nick Fury talks about how uh, Kate is going to be going to jail, and Dino is still kind of hurt and still loves Kate. And Spider-Man swings away at the end. Um, nothing really matters. The story sucked. Yep. <laughs> it's like they crammed. Um, the reading it was like watching all three, all four, all three Lord of the Rings movies in like twenty-four pages of a comic book. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's just so much happened, and yeah, half like, of it just didn't matter. Would you believe he got the shots he needed? Like in the second last panel. Would you believe Dino quotes Shakespeare? Like, oh, sorry, that was horrible. What in the actual f is happening here? You know, like it, when you it, lay, I, wanna, it was, I was like, almost convinced while you were laying it all out that the story actually makes sense, which it does no. and it doesn't. I, I just want to point out that good. that scene that specific scene you know nick fury's like you better be glad dino's only wounded uh crusetti otherwise why dino why did you do it i couldn't let them kill you i really love you julie i i once took a drama class and they taught us quotes from shakespeare went something like this why couldn't he just say the line why does he have to explain where he learned it and what are you saying they didn't teach you shakespeare they taught you quotes from shakespeare you know, like, it's just, it's like, we have a case here, and uh, I don't want to pick on, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to pick on Carrie Burkett, because I think I've read stuff by him that's fairly decent, but 
this is just a mess of just yeah. junk thrown in like <laughs> it's all garbage i'm sorry it's my all garbage. favorite part my favorite part <laughs> my favorite bit of writing is nick fury and dum dum dugan they run into their old war buddy who used to be part of the howling commandos they were right. in the trenches yeah. together they were they're brothers it says and you know dum dum says dino dino manelli is that you and he goes you got it ex-member of the famous howling commando squad and veteran star of tv in the silver screen yeah <laughs> it's just like you don't need to introduce yourself to these guys they know who you are like yep. it's just such weird like bad awful writing it's like I, they're they're writing for the audience and not the story right yeah and, right and that's like the, and, and oh god it, it's oh. it's almost written as like a soap opera where mm-hmm. like yep. everything is like so blatant and and towards the camera yeah yeah you're right so to you're speak right. like it's just so in your face things just like happen in in text rather than happening in real life like Jolie was saying with the ending like uh, at least he got some picture. Like it's like mm-hmm. what we we saw him take a, <laughs> like uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like they didn't know how to end it. Like oh crap, we we introduced this J Jonah Jameson subplot. Uh, we got to have a panel in here where he's taking a picture. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, shove that in in here. Oh, you know, uh, we we saw him with Dum Dum Dugan earlier, so we got to have him call back and and talk to Dum Dum Dugan. And introduce this other story that we'll never come back to. And right, like, right, right. It just so much like even describing the this is a special collar that we that Shield has developed to to stop stop Dreadnought before. I just so happen to have it in my pocket, and uh, even though I've I didn't even know Dreadnought was, was here, you know, I, I just happen mm-hmm. to have this specific tool for this specific bad guy from years back. <laughs> Right. And and it's just an explosive. Like it doesn't actually. It's not like it deactivates him. It's just it's just a dog collar that's strapped with explosives <laughs> that he still has to shoot with a gun to explode. Like it's mm-hmm. it it's just I, I don't know. It's just so much happens and and things are just crammed into the story. Like right. it it really does feel like it would be a better two part story. Yeah. Like, it's really strange to, yeah honestly sorry if you had more to say about no, that no i'm just like it's it's an interesting idea like if you just think about like uh, you know a howling one of the old howling commandos comes back and is talking to nick fury mm-hmm. about a personal problem and spider-man happens to be there when this problem starts like that's a good way to bring these characters together and the fact that the the person that we're trying to save ends up being the bad guy and it's like a love interest actress that you wouldn't expect to turn like it's 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 kind of a fun premise but just Mm -hmm. it's really the execution where it falls because it's just a jumbled mess right 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 Sorry, Jolie, though. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just was really excited because they started, they won, they started off calling this book Everybody Loves Somebody Sometime. And I was like, oh, that's a Dean Martin song. Cool. So I thought that there'd be some tie. And then when I saw that, um, like, this Winston woman was like a singing movie star, I was like, oh, yep, they're going to absolutely... Maybe she's maybe like it's going to be like an entertainment style 
caper that involves like um, pop culture versions, like their own Marvel versions of pop culture figures. Mm-hmm. Like, so in my mind, Dino is Dean Martin. Right. Right. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah, and this Kate Winston, I don't know who she is. Like, I started looking into, like, who he's been rela- related or tied to, but that never pays off. No. Just like it pays, the, the Dum Dum Dugan thing never pays off. Like, there's parts where you're like, okay, they're screwed. Dino just, Dino just effed up. And now he's, like, he's somebody that you could have counted on based on uh like to save them because he loves this woman so much now he's tied up all of our heroes are tied up our (laughs) lover is tied up dum dum dugan is out there somewhere behind some crates he never (laughs) yep shows up like there's no there's a lot of there's a lot of story and no payoff right and it's like there's a robot but it's it's not good it's I just don't good at all. No, and I just don't understand if you're gonna do a fill in, which is basically this is a fill in, why don't you just keep it simple, you know? Like why do you have to oh, I don't know, like throw in all these subplots that go nowhere and just I don't know, it could have been just been so much simpler, you know? Yep. Take out a couple characters. Josh is already like done talking. <laughs> no, like <laughs> just I mean muted even if, himself. Yeah. Even if you go back to what's it called? Um the, the the kid who collects spider-man that is a perfect fill-in and it could have been expanded to a full issue like to me if you're gonna do a fill-in story do something like that where you just have like character moments instead of this right right or, or just like don't make it this like big blockbuster like it they're they're trying to make each issue its own like fantastic story and there's right. not enough time for build up or to develop new characters that you're going to introduce to have it pay off by the end of the book good point yep like they have to go and they have to like a whole page is dedicated to flashback with uh dino and then we like but before that we also introduce uh kate winston and we talk about her backstory and how she's there's rumors that she's secretly married to a singer. It's like, why make it a secret even like it being a secret doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't, it doesn't add anything to the story. So, so why not, uh, why not just introduce Dino and Kate at the same time in that beginning? And you don't have to introduce Dino again later on when yep. he goes to Nick Fury. Like it just it, there's uh, there's just so much happening. <laughs> it's all spread out and and everywhere. And it like I don't know. I, I just feel like a lot could be like cut back and and you know why why have Dum Dum in the story at all? Yep, you're right. Like it's it's just more interactions now that Nick Fury is talking to another person that it doesn't you know end up mattering at the end of the day in this issue like just cut all of that and have him show up at his apartment building right 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 like i I don't know there's just so much that is just there um that yeah it's just they i think they tried too hard to make this an epic story yep I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I think it's it's actually surprisingly one of the worst Marvel team-ups we've read, I think. Or at least one of the most disorganized. 
Yeah, I think it's just the most disappointing because it right. it has a lot of potential, I think. Right. Yeah, like you said, the ideas are okay. It's just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, it has the bones of something that I would read, but, like, it needed 22 more pages. Well, it also needed the pages that were there to be better, I think, right? Because I don't know if I'd want to read 22 pages. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, or just split it into two separate books, like... I don't know. You want Dum Dum Dugan in there. You're obviously setting up some story with him. So have the next issue be Spider Man and Dum Dum Dugan, or mm-hmm. you know, like I don't know. Like it's it just, uh, yeah. It just needs to be fleshed out a lot, uh, a lot better. And and this story is really kind of a major letdown. And I uh, did not have fun really at any moment reading this. No, like I, no. I, I don't think there was any like moment in the story where i was like excited to read more or see what was happening no and also we haven't even touched on the art which i thought was so just mediocre Mm. you know yeah well i mean it's terrible to the point that i don't even it's not even worth talking about well that's what i mean yeah like if you if you were to look at every panel every page all the characters are the exact same size like scan through and it's like mid shot mid shot mid shot mid shot there is no variety of um angles or the size of the characters there's no like i mean the storytelling's there i'm not going to criticize that but it's just so dull like and it's not even a matter of talent it's like why would you choose such dull angles and dull everything composition you know anyway yeah there's not really much else to say about this this is clearly a fill-in However, I do I did look ahead and apparently uh Carrie Burkett does write a few more issues coming up soon. So we we've got at least a handful more stories from this yeah, guy. We so. got 21 more weeks of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. No, wait, are you talking about Marvel Team Up? Yeah. No, 11. What are you talking about? It's canceled at 150. So only 10 more to go. <gasps> or 11. Oh, I thought it went to 160. No, no. Oh. <laughs> Let's celebrate right. with whiskey when that happens. Yep. Oh, yeah. We, we got to have a special episode. Yeah. No more Marvel team up. <laughs> okay. So that I guess that wraps it up. I do not recommend this issue. If you're no. reading Marvel team up, just skip it. Uh, uh, Josh, what do you think? No. Skip it. Okay, Julie. Skip. Get out of here. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> three no's okay. it's a clean okay. sweep let's, let's move on <laughs> oh that's bad okay, I don't ever so, want to think about it again right so <laughs> on to the next one which is Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man number 88 G.I. Julie do you want to tell us about this one uh sure oh yeah so we we get like another page at the start where it's kind of like um, a flash forward, flashback? I don't know. Um, but there, it shows you guards on Rikers Island at a correctional facility. Um, let's see here. And they're protecting somebody named the Cobra. Right. And the Cobra is... I, I, I honestly don't know if the Cobra is working with Mr. Hyde or hiding from Mr. Hyde. But that person, that bad person, is being pursued by another bad person called Mr. Hyde, who's like right. this giant, stocky, sort of like Frankenstein-y. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he kind of like 
busts into Rikers um, to try to get him to try to get the Cobra, but the Cobra is taken out of Rikers via helicopter um, to try to protect him. I honestly, this is the probably the weirdest, most confusing part, but the Hyde finally gets him and throws him into the water, but into the rocky part. Right. But you see Jean-Claude Van Damme avoid. Um, but he's like, well, no, Cobra's fine because he's a snake. <laughs> um, and snakes are fine when you throw them into the water surrounded by rocks. Like, I, I don't get the logic that Mr. Hyde is working with, but it works. So we a- we actually saw these two working together in a previous spectacular Spider-Man. Um, oh, well, that explains it. Right. Yeah, so so we have seen these two fools work together before. And, <laughs> no, it was Amazing uh, Spider-Man, just for the record. It was amazing. Oh, it was amazing, right. Okay. Um, and Cobra, I think, backstabbed Mr. Hyde. So, like, they, they were working together, and now they're enemies because they kind of screwed each other over, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why Mr. Hyde is after Cobra, because he's still bitter about um their last team up <laughs> the last team up okay. it's funny yeah it was somehow oh not somehow the helicopter that he's making cobra's making his getaway in crashes into rikers and sets the whole place ablaze so they both got to get out of there they both he jumps into the water he makes it um moving on um this is where we leave off um, with our like Black Canary Peter Parker st- I mean Spider-Man slash Peter Parker story where um, she's like uh, you could just come to my apartment where I like it more and Peter Parker like just don't take your costume off because mm-hmm. I'm clearly uncomfortable with the idea that you're Peter Parker um, and Peter's still like kind of kept up at night thinking about these things Thinking about the duality of, um, like, no, I, th- th- you know, I, I'm finally committed to somebody. This is fine. Everything that's happening between us is totally fine. Um, there's actually one point in the dialogue where he says something that contradicts um, what is actually happening. Here, when uh, on digital page 10, where he's like, she doesn't care who I am under the mask, mm-hmm. meaning... She doesn't care that I'm Peter Parker. No, she absolutely cares that you're Peter Parker. I don't know why the editorial allowed that mistake to run through on the Peter Parker thought dialogue. But anyway, he's just he's still plagued by the whole idea that Peter Parker. um, Sorry, she doesn't want a life with Peter Parker. She wants her life to be with (laughs) Spider-Man. I think it's just because they they don't know either because. Ah, because yeah. it's just so inconsistent in all of these stories, whether mm-hmm. she wants, she if she cares about his secret identity or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, again, this you know what? Just in case you were wondering if they cleared that up for us, they don't. No. Um. So yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like it's like the the pinky and the brain quote. It's like. What's going to happen in Spectacular Spider-Man this week? The same thing that happens every week, Pinky. (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. just the same thing over and over again. And the thing is, is there have been some good issues, but 
it's like for every good issue, there's three that are bad or yeah. three that are just fill in, you know? And like, just think about the heyday of this run with Ed Hannigan on art when we were raving about how it was Steve Ditko-esque and all that. Mm-hmm. And now it's just this whole black cat thing has really killed it, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, and the thing is, is I don't have much to say about this one. Like there's, they kind of built oh, up. I wasn't done. I was going to say, oh, yeah, I think Julie done? has more oh jesus about, oh but i, I mean like yeah uh, okay go unfortunately ahead. Like, there's more <laughs> yeah oh god well long story short um their paths all of their paths intertwine um after spider-man is like i'm gonna go fling myself around the city while i you know sit on these thoughts a little more black canary black canary black cat wakes up and goes oh you're about to go do the favorite thing that I love you doing. Let me join you. And then she joins him. Ugh, I guess he has no backbone. And they run into Cobra and Mr. Hyde, who are just running around on the streets causing trouble. And they fight. <laughs> and Black can... Uh, but, but Spidey's like, no, you can't fight with me. You're just an unpowered, though skilled... Right. Um, at fighting, like street fighting and martial arts, you're still not super powered. So you, there's no way you can join this fight with me. And mm-hmm. it's because I love you that I think these things. Right. And then she uses it as like this. She's like, no, I must fight because I have to prove to him that I can hold my own. And then that's it. That's really all that happens to, until the end of the comic where uh, Cobra no, Cobra doesn't turn on anybody. They hate each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it the fight turns inwards, and Cobra and Hyde instead of fighting Spidey and Black Cat, they start to fight each other, and um, they blow each other up, <laughs> and then that's it. Um, and then. What happens at the end with these two? So, Spider-Man gets knocked out saving Black Cat, and Black Cat's like, oops, uh, I messed up, and just dips. Like, she just yeah, leaves like, Spider-Man. I'm a liability to him. It's like, what, bitch? What are you doing? Do you, do you remember when he said that to you earlier? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you remember him saying this? Or maybe do you remember like last issue when he said this and then you got in the way and you said, oh, no, I'm always just getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And then you did it again and then said, oh, Beans, he's right. I yeah. just get in the way. And then you do it again and then you get in the way. It, 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 yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see mm-hmm. this a lot nowadays in comics where a writer has like one or two good ideas and they stretch them out over like 25 issues. But that's clear what's happening here is Bill Mantlo has taken this black cat thing and just run it into the ground, you know? It's mm-hmm. it's like the Groundhog Day era of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's the same thing happening every issue, and, like, it, it would be different if they're building up to this inevitable breakup, but, right. but it's the same exact story and same exact events that are happening you're just like you know filling in the blanks of you know blank bad guy comes in and tries to stop spider-man and 
Black Cat and Spider-Man team up, and Black Cat gets in the way, and then she gets upset that she could have died, and Spider-Man was right. And then the next issue is the same thing, but with a different villain and a different, you know, villain motivation. Yeah, it, it, yeah until she inevitably gets knocked down and put into a ho- the hospital, or... <laughs> Maybe perhaps she falls in love with somebody else. I don't even know, and I don't, I don't even care at this point. Well, and the sad thing is, is there's a cliffhanger, you know? In her head, she's like, no thanks to me. As long as I possess no superpowers of my own, I'm a liability to him. I've got to change that. And then there's a little caption, how? Then it says, next month, power search. It's cataclysmic. Oh my God! Now she's what kind of going? Don't she? She's gonna go and search for superpowers. You know how idiotic that is. Anyway, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> oh man! I mean, it could turn out to be fun, but somehow they're gonna shoehorn Spider-Man and his guilt into that issue. Mm-hmm. And when we could have like a sort of Black Cat centric. Uh, issue of spectacular spider-man i don't even know why i'm wishing for something like that we're gonna get some more relationship drama that's just sad boy bullshit and mm-hmm. like i just don't want to play in this playground anymore mm-hmm. it's just like it's just mud and no one likes to be in the mud right yep. I, I, have they established whether black cat like concrete has or doesn't have powers yet because i'm almost certain they taught we we've read in an issue that she does have some sort of like feline powers where she's more agile and like can jump around and still like swing and i like see i don't remember that i remember them (sighs) thinking she had good good luck powers but then she said that was all just uh, a faked so they retconned her good luck powers. So she right. actually doesn't have any powers. And, and that happened in this story. So it's like fabricated weakness of Black Cat just to have this awful back and forth that doesn't matter and doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what happens in this one. Right. So for me, it's a definite not recommend. Like I, this really sucks <laughs> and, and and i really love the idea of spider-man having to you know battle and and fight with the fact that he wants to reveal himself to this person and open up uh, and have like you know share both of his lives but where, where he like doesn't want to share either of his lives with her really right right like he likes her because she's hot yeah. And they, like, uh-huh. make out and do it all the time. It's like, he doesn't like being a superhero with her, and he doesn't want to share his secret identity with her. Like, what? what is the relationship here? Like, what? Like, you can't have... You can't yeah. be upset at both. Like, it's just weird that he's flopped out, and he doesn't like mm. the fact that she's a superhero with him. It, just, it's, it doesn't make sense. No. Because, like... It's all very, like, romantic. Anytime you see his feelings get uh, a little more than lukewarm, it's when they're flinging themselves around the city on his spider webs and she's longingly looking at him. It's like when he receives love from a beautiful woman, he's over the moon happy. Mm -hmm. But the moment there's, like, the moment 
that same person gets in his way um, or, you know, tries to insert themselves in any other part of his life. Mm -hmm. He's not, he just becomes like this vacant shell. Like he shuts himself off and it's like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like what makes you think that you are fit to date anybody if this is how you are? Mm. Because this is how he is with everybody. And I just don't understand why they keep wanting to write romance for him. Just make him like, just let him have adventures. Let (laughs) me read him having adventures. Like get this romantic bullshit out of the books. It doesn't work. I just think they should write it better. Yeah. I I think that's the thing. Cause I, I, I want there to be romance. I want there to be Mm -hmm. some sort of love story and love interest in these books, but they're just bad. They, they don't Mm -hmm. know how to write them. And they're just no, so it, inconsistent with it too. Yeah, it's it's like they don't know how to. It's like a, the this group of white men don't know how to write women because every That's time part the of only it, yeah. the, the the only successful relationship right now that he has with a woman is MJ, and it's just it's like a they're like bros right now. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, they act mm-hmm. like bros when they see each other at various social functions where they have mutual friends. Right. Because that is their current relationship status. Uh, It's not a romantic one, but they're amicable. So, you know, men who have had friendships are able to write that. But for some reason, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that they're incapable of writing... Yes, I am. I'm saying (laughs) they're incapable of writing this uh these romantic plots without uh with with um with women in mind as well because the stuff about just peter parker makes almost no sense his rationale for doing what he does to women um even when he offers his own thought bubbles after thought bubbles of reasoning is also just like really wrought with um, inconsistencies and things that are just freaking terrible thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it, it almost feels like like a, a kid's vision or understanding of what this relationship is. Yeah. Like, it, it's not thought out or, it, you know, it's about as deep as a puddle. Like... Well, <laughs> here's the thing is, I, I just want to point out, and this is something uh, Mike Dell and I notice. Sometimes we'll be reviewing a comic. We'll be like, man, the writing's not very good. Oh, how old is the writer? Oh, 21. Maybe that's why. So Bill Mantlo, when he wrote this comic, he was born in 51. So he was, what, 23-ish? Like, this guy, when he was like, 20 years old was right no when he was like a teenager like my, my, my math no my math is wrong he was 33 my math my math is terrible i, I don't yeah. think it i don't think it matters what i don't think it matters how old you are if you're tasked to write something that you should be capable of writing it well of course i'm just right? saying that like it's just all i'm saying it, is that at, at, like let's be clear Jerry Conway took over Spider-Man from Stan Lee when he was 19 and he was good but there's gotta be something in, like there's good there's gotta be indications in there where you read it and you go okay this guy's 19 like I don't I can't say what those were but there had to be right 
Yeah, yeah, but like, you also have an editor. I, I like, was gonna say who that has yeah. been with this character forever, who's obviously had more experience, or maybe not. I don't know. Like, mm. how do you even let that leave the table? Right. Well, can I we, just I. Oh, can we also point so. out the fact that. Josh, do you want to talk about what we talked about today earlier about how there was a page missing from this comic? Yeah, yeah, that's and a page. I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, it, it jumps from page seventeen to nineteen uh, in the in the, the version that we have. We're reading a digital version, and it doesn't matter. Like, like, oh. and it's like it's like kind of important too. But reading it. I, I skipped over it and I'm like, wait a second, how did she get away? Why Spider-Man? Uh, whatever. And I finished the comic and then went back to see if I could understand, like, if if I had missed something. And it turns out a whole mm. page was missing. And it didn't matter. Nothing, <laughs> nothing important happened in a, in a whole entire page where I could still understand what's happening in this this story mm. because at the end of it, at the end of the day, the whole comic book doesn't matter nothing mm-hmm. has changed from the start of this comic to the end of this comic and i don't mm-hmm. think that anything has changed in the past few issues of this book nothing changes it's always the exact same thing happening right and i'm just done with it i had more fun with marvel team up this week than spectacular yeah honestly because i'm just so that's bold like i'm just so like annoyed and done with it yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't um, understand how this like gets pat like gets past an editor. Well, right? like like who, like the people in charge like they're they're putting their stamp of approval on this and saying, yeah, that's fine. Let's let's push this out. Like like even at least Marvel team up was its own story. Like it's its own unique idea where things are happening. It's all a jumbled up mess, but at least things are happening with characters. I, well, I will just say this. I don't know much about Danny Fingroth, but he was an editor, but he did be, write some stories in, uh, years later, and they were garbage. Right. And I will also point out that very soon there's going to be a new editor for Spider-Man who's going to radically change like the style of uh, the, the whole lineup. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Uh, were you gonna say something, Jolie? Oh, was was I? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, no, I. Oh God, the art was okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the art's the same as usual. It's Al Milgram. Yeah. It's very hit and miss, but the inks are are solid, right? It's a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you get some money where they're like that that nice little splash of them hanging out. Um, amongst like smaller versions of themselves and their heads mm-hmm. on page 11 uh, digital 12 like that's cute I like that like it's nice it's it's nice poster and then you know you get yeah. the the f- the flashes of Peter Parker like um, thinking about what it'd be like if um, they had children right right that's yeah. funny but like yeah. they're not like humans they're just <laughs> they're all they're they're smaller versions of them yeah, <laughs> like great. children dressed in their costumes including the dog like okay i get it i see 
Yeah. <laughs> like you get a lot of like fun fun stuff in the right. art, but nothing you know, nothing that rocks the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean even the beginning, this like cold open of of it starting off with like the them trying to save Cobra from this mystery figure that's breaking into the prison to bust him out and it turns out he's there to kill him and they're still trying to protect him because they're in charge of this prisoner even though he's a villain mm-hmm. and like I, I, at least there's like there's something at the beginning and then and then once we get back to Peter it's the same old nothing yep. right and yeah, even, like even sorry sorry go ahead no it's okay uh, even even the fact that like this Mr. Hyde and Cobra story is sprinkled in throughout that's what it feels like it feels like oh yeah we started this story at the beginning of the, the issue we should probably uh, put that throughout the this Spider-Man a black cat drama just so we can end this properly like mm. it, it doesn't like I, I lose that Cobra and Mr. Hyde thing because all this drama is happening that means nothing Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i I don't know it's just yeah not great it's like yeah and it's like do you know what it would have just been better if while they were swinging around like she wakes up in the middle of the night and um and decides that it's you know it's time to go on the prowl uh together because that's their favorite thing to do together. Um, uh, it would have been better if a fight occurred between them, even if it was just verbal, verbalized thoughts about him trying to reconcile why she can't deal with Peter Parker. Right. Right, right, um, right. And then even if she was like, no, fine. If they came to some conclusion that led to her leaving that scene to go and find superpowers... And then just Spider-Man stumbles across Cobra and Hyde. That would have made this issue a hundred times better. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. Because we we do a lot of bitching, but not Mm. a lot of solution finding. And I feel like, like, that would be my solution for this issue, I guess. I mean, yeah. It would make me feel better about the Felicia character, at least. Yeah, it just I think it's such a bummer too because this story started out so strong like mm-hmm. issues and issues mm-hmm. ago. Black Cat helped Spider-Man take down Doctor Octopus and the Owl. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Like two two main Spider-Man villains with their right. own like version of their own like mafia. Like mm-hmm. Black Cat mm-hmm. was in the middle of all that drama and was like integral in, in taking the two of them down. So the fact that she is now just nerfed because <laughs> Spider Man needs to doubt that she can be superhero really blows. Like she should just mm-hmm. she should just start physically fighting Spider Man. Yeah. To prove that she can like you know that she can hold her own. Yeah. That would actually be amazing. That would be so I like so that fun. as a solution. Better. Like, yeah, make make it make that the we don't you don't even have to have a bad guy in it. Just have have Spider-Man and Black Cat at the beginning of the issue uh you know talking about how like like having their own like thoughts and like separate like time to reflect about what their thoughts are. Spider-Man comes to finally say, "Listen, this isn't going to work cuz 
I know that you're going to get hurt. Black Cat shows up, and she what she wants to do is start fighting Spider-Man and, like, pin him down or, like, you know, take him out or something like that to, to prove that she can hold her own against Spider-Man and his villains. And she doesn't need to have these spider powers or these superhuman powers to hold her own. Because she's already mm-hmm. proven that before in the stories. Like, I did, it's just like, maybe it's just hindsight and it's easier to think of this because you're think, you're like stepping, you're looking at it from the outside and seeing that it's not working. And like, being a writer, it might, it might just like, you might, might just not see that it's not working because you think that they're like fun ideas. Mm-hmm. Right. But, it it doesn't seem that hard. Like it it just seems like <laughs> it should be obvious that this isn't working, and it's extremely repetitive and right. You know, I, nothing. Yeah, I think. Well, I, Bill Mantlo does leave soon, mm-hmm. so I think instead of you know asking him to improve, they kind of just quietly got rid yeah. of him. That's probably what happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, again, it's a lot easier to say, oh, just fix it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's easy for me to say, no, I don't like it. Fix it. I'm sure that there's a lot more going on. Um, right. But I'm really not enjoying it personally. No, so. no. And again, using myself as a barometer, like there's a reason that I, I didn't have like these issues as, as a kid. I bought a few of them from this era of spectacular and i didn't like him enough to keep him but i did have you know the amazing spider-man so i mean whatever i I guess that proves something right yeah so yeah i'm gonna give a hard not recommend i don't really have anything to say about this issue you know like it's just another wheel spinning issue by mantlo and milgram um again there's not it's not terrible like i guess if you're reading this series you can read this one just to kind of fill in the blanks, but it's not a great issue. Nope. I mean, I, I would recommend this issue if you're a big Mr. Hyde fan. And I have, I have to point out, <laughs> Mr. Hyde was played by none other than, oh, what's his name? Uh, Twin Peaks, um, Kyle MacLachlan. Played Mr. Hyde oh. in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? Yes. Oh, but, the TV show? What's Whoa. that? But they didn't reveal it was Mr. Hyde until like his last episode, I think, or something like that. They kept Whoa. it a secret. Yeah. See, I stopped well, watching shoot. that. I'm I'm kind of interested to go back and and watch it again. It's worth it's worth yeah. watching, I think. Yeah. I think um a lot of people their opinions are like, oh, it's like Gotham. It got way better later. Mm-hmm. Okay. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah like but, they could smell the cancellation. I wonder if that's on Disney Plus now. Hmm. It I'm should sure. be because it's on. It's an ABC show, and ABC right. is owned by Disney. So, hmm. that is a good question. Yeah. Anyway, I can't recommend oh, sorry. this book at all. Yeah. Are we? Is that where we're going now? Yeah. Because I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend it. Um, nope. I'm. I haven't really looked ahead, but I'm really looking forward to a new direction. But I don't think it's coming anytime soon, unfortunately. Right. So we might have to hold out. But anyway, yeah, I guess that wraps up this week's episode. Um, we'll be back next week to review. Oh, let me just double check this. Yeah, we're gonna. Oh yeah, we're gonna wrap up the Hobgoblin uh, three-parter, and then 
unfortunately also read or and review marvel team up and peter parker and josh you can take it from here so where can you listen to the podcast josh <laughs> i'm glad you asked you can find uh you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts now um so that's spotify apple podcast stitcher um are we allowed to talk about the new one yeah. Nah, yeah, I guess so. It's not Amazon, available yet. Yeah, yeah, Amazon Music or Amazon Podcasts, I get guess. So if you're mm-hmm. listening to this after it launches, we are already there. I don't think it's technically yes. out yet, but um, yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, you can follow us at, at HCT Spidercast on Twitter to get updates on all that stuff. Uh, you can find us at the Here Comes the Spidercast pretty much anywhere else. So uh, please keep in touch. We'd love to keep this. Uh, comment conversation going that's right and once again we want to thank gi julie for joining us and i'm sure you'll be back next week with another special guest so until next monday this has been here comes the spider cast all right see you then